Welcome to the Mamacita Rica podcast with me, Lucy Lopez. In this episode, I chop it up with Billy Corbin and Alfred Spellman. This is episode two. Hashtag Because Miami. Disfruta. Are you ready? Yes. that my guests, Billy Corbin and Alfred Spellman, are going to say something. Be nice about the intro, Billy. It's great, it's great to be here on LSD with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel that both of you equally, and, and maybe Alfred not as much as Billy, you're both these people that we follow on social media, we follow your work, and then everybody has like a moment of reflection and is like, are they like this for real? Is this real life? Did Billy wake up going moño viral? Literally, now that you have COVID hair, this the Billy in real life? Well, there's only one version of me. I'm I'm not a politician, and so there's not like I mean, yeah, there's me dialed up and dialed down. Sure. I mean, me on Twitter, me on Twitter is probably me at eleven. Okay. Right. So, me in real life is 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 a little bit calmer, but like it's 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 the same same shit, just a little bit more fun and laughter maybe right. that's the thing too is that is that it, it, it's it's none of it is done in a mean or malicious way it's done in pursuit of truth it's done in right. pursuit of of calling calling people out on their shit calling out corruption speaking truth to right. power right. Uh, and so that to me is is fun it also scares some people uh, and and i think i think that's the most important function that that we can serve is that we are blessed to have some kind of platform and right. so I think it's very important that when you that when you have that that kind of power, you have the responsibility of giving a platform to the voiceless and giving a vo you know to people who who feel too scared to speak truth to power because they think that there's going to be some kind of retribution or their concern for their livelihood or their or their safety, <laughs> God forbid. But but I'm a, I'm a firm believer that that the, the you know, the people should uh, the people should not be afraid of their government. The government should be afraid of the people. Has Billy always been this way, Alfred? Is this has this been Billy since day one out the womb? Pesao, fajándose con el mundo entero? Like, really? <laughs> well, we met in TV production class in ninth grade at Highland Oaks Middle School. Nice. And we've been we've been working together ever since with our third partner, David Sipkin, who Billy has known since they were in preschool, I think. So. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty much it. What you see is what you get. We, in fact, when we were in high school, we hosted a radio show. Nice. Uh, <laughs> twice a week on what was it, Bill? Seven ninety uh, a.m. Waxy, uh, waxy, waxy. We got we got hired to do a a radio show twice a week called Teen Talk. We, we would go on and do like an hour. It was like eight to nine, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And Billy and I would, and we had, you know, we had carts and we had guests and we had, we took the phone calls. And so, That's you know, great, I think we though. were always looking. Yeah, it was awesome. We That's were always, great. you know, looking for, for an outlet. You know, when we make a movie, we make a documentary. Typically right. it takes us anywhere from nine to 12 months, you know, to get to, and sometimes even longer in the case of Cocaine Cowboys, Kings of Miami, that was a 12 year process. So, you know, for us to be able to, to get our act together and say what we want to say takes us a long time sometimes. And so to have the opportunity 
to comment on, on events and things on a daily uh, or hourly or up to the minute basis is, uh, is uh, you know, certainly something in the 21st century. I think we both embraced, yeah. uh, you know, so if it wasn't for the radio show, you know, we're glad we got to leave Twitter. I love that. I think everybody should hear that. If it wasn't for the radio show, you know, something, <laughs> the reason why I created this podcast um, is because I feel that there's a lot of young creatives without serious mentorship and like guidance. Um, I, I think that, you know, we need to band together as a community and be able to help these kids who are coming up in the ranks, um, and, and teach them, you know, it's, it's not just about likes. It's not just about the retweets. It's not like you have to put in the work. I always get asked this question by other podcasters and other people in this industry. Like who was that creative guidance you had in your life? Uh, was it, you know, abuelo, was it your mom, your dad? Is there an uncle and an aunt in your life that kind of maybe showed you your first favorite movie or showed you how to camera work? Who is that for you, uh, Billy? Is your camera on like a slider dolly right now? That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> very, yeah, like a little slide. That's really cool. Thank you. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people for me, um, if, if I had to, you know, I, I was, when I was a little kid and I was acting um, in television and films. I, I worked with Ron Howard, who was himself a recovering child actor. And so that was like a very early inspiration for me that that this was kind of a, a career path. Acting didn't feel like a career path. It felt like a hobby, but like, but seeing that that he went from Happy Days and 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 uh, the Andy Griffith show to being in charge of like the whole movie set sure. was, uh, was very instructive for me. And then I think for, for Alfred Nye, it was Sheila Spicer, who was our um, our middle school ninth grade television production class teacher, who who quite literally handed Alfred and I the keys to the studio W H O M W Highland Oaks Middle School, and so and, cool, and told us, yeah, I mean, she 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 really is the one who put yeah. us uh, together and said, you guys, you know, she saw something in us and she said, you guys should go and you should produce the morning news every day for the school, and 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 I was an anchor, I did entertainment, Alfred did did uh, sports. We both, uh, we both produced and right. she was just a very special, she is, I mean, she's retired now, but she is a very special lady. And she, and she had uh, a lot of uh, a ser serious impact on a lot of people, young creatives, as you might say, uh, of, of, of a previous um, uh, generation. Um, sure. Brad Meltzer tells a story, Brad Meltzer, who writes, so he now writes extremely popular uh, children's books. Um, and, but before that he was writing legal thrillers, he was a student at North Miami beach senior high school. And he had a, a, a creative writing teacher. He tells us this story and his creative writing teacher, um, on the first day of class told everyone to write a, write a story. She gave them an assignment in class. And this was so she could gauge the, the skill level and the talent level of the class. So everybody turned them in the next day he came to class, got the paperback. His teacher had written at the top, see me after class. I think we've all gotten that oh, message before. It's like and, the worst, um, yeah. the worst, the worst, the, the worst. worst. So oh. he, he, he goes to see her after class and she says, listen to me. She says, you have to do the work. You have to do these assignments because I have to grade you in this class, but I want you to sit in the back of the room and I don't want you to listen to a single word I say. What? Because you have, she says, you have a natural talent. You have a gift mm. and I don't want to teach that out of you. I don't want, you to like listen to me and the rules and what I'm teaching the other students. And I don't want you to, to be discouraged. I want you to do you and do your thing because you are special. You are gifted. You have an innate ability. And now he's a best-selling author. And that teacher was Sheila Spicer. Wow. Who was, who later would be our TV production teacher. She's just wow. a special, 
person. And she's just that kind of teacher who, who identifies talent in people in our case, put us together, teamed us up and just encourages you and, and us in the best uh, possible way. Do you, do you think that, that there's maybe some of that missing in Miami? Some of that like Wait. grassroots, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I know there's a lot missing in Miami, Bailey. <laughs> Pero like, well, you know, like I really feel like, like sometimes like, cause I'm, I've got to, ch you know, I'm like I said, I'm doing this cause I'm a mom and I want my kids to see that you could do this. You could create something and, and it could be, it could move someone. It could challenge you. And I can tell that at the school she's at, it's encouraged and it's kind of not encouraged. And I'm wondering if that's what's missing in our city where creatives are not being fully supported from the seedling all the way up through college. Like I don't see it or am I looking in the wrong spots? Well, I, I think that's definitely an issue, but I, I think there's a, a bigger issue that we have, which is really, we're missing the people who explain the city to us. And, you know, when Billy and I were growing up, I would say the three most influential voices that I could remember are, you know, reading Carl Hyacin in the Miami Herald, uh, the Miami New Times, which at the time was just the, the old weekly that was just breaking. It was all amazing. The, the, all the great stories. Yeah, this amazing. Is when Jim DeFeedy was there and yep. Chris Cordham and Robert Andrew Powell, like the real, Dave hey, Jamal was setting, this was the real heyday. Yeah, that, that was the real. Frank Alvarado, and he was a little younger. Frank Alvarado was there. That's right. And then and then Neil Rogers. Oh, and those God. Were kind of the three voices. Those are the three kind of voices that shaped our view of of Miami. And I would say that that is the bigger thing that's missing, I think, today. Um, the influence of a daily newspaper, of a, you know, of, a, of an alt weekly that's that's out there kicking ass and of a daily commentator. And but so that's kind of the role that we try to fill in a, is, in, a, in, a, in a small way. So do you feel you're the solution or is there a solution to this problem? Dímelo cantando. There needs to be more voices. Yeah. There needs to be more voices. But they don't, but some, some of these corporations don't want to hear local voices on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> are you all, okay are you all right <laughs> because the hispanic is strong in this one um you know billy I, <laughs> my favorite things about your movies is the editing the the specific like information you throw at everybody that maybe they forgot about or didn't know exist right and i'm a nerd i'll sit and i'll watch your movie and i'm a complete nerd i studied film at miami dade for about a year and a half um i did the short film circuit for a very long time i'm a fangirl i sit with popcorn i'm arguing uh, with the tv i'm arguing with your subjects i'm completely blown away by your the editing by what you, your subject who what when where why all of it i need to know this as a fan when you create it are you more interested or more obsessed with the subject like the one person all of them what you guys are talking about is it the cocaine cowboys all of them was it the woman with the black hair who at the end were like wait a minute was she a liar was i just was what what did she just Kevin space me? Like what's happening right now? Like, 
Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, I don't. I don't know you. Hope, like, I don't know you want to use yeah, that as geez. a verb. Really, yeah. but not like in a bad way. Like when he walks out of the, <laughs> oh, the you okay. know, right. unusual suspects. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. what I, I'm getting at. Like like who are you guys obsessing with? I need to know this. This is stuff that drives me crazy because I'm watching it and I'm I'm obsessed with the cuts, the music you chose, the fact that there's like little cocaine lines in the movie poster. Uh, you know, all of it. The fact that you used Neil Rogers in everything blew my mind. <laughs> Oh, and 537 votes. Yeah, a lot of Neil Rogers and 537 votes. Yeah. No, I listen, we named the company Raconteur, which is uh, the phonetic spelling of a French word that means one who tells stories with skill, which is not only something that we aspire uh, to uh, to be, but also those are the, the types of people that we like to tell stories about and tell stories with. Because remember, we don't, knock wood, we've never and have yet to use a narrator in any of our documentaries. It's all first person productions. It's all about I and we, not they and he. Uh, and so um, we like to tell stories about and with and by uh, good storytellers. And so we really try to serve the story. And when there is, uh, when you're doing a documentary about cocaine, there is an aesthetic uh, that, that you can serve that story with, i.e., white lines in the motion graphics and oh, um you so know fast pretty. fast paced yeah fast paced editing and moving cameras and glass so bricks and, and 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 the kind of a synth baseline running through the score in this case it was kind of like a it was kind of like you know a salsa well all the music was 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 uh, kind of afro cuban and salsa infused um and just like just so it's a kind of all unapologetic unapologetically miami and then when we did our pot doc you know like square group or the godfathers of ganja yeah shit was just mellow shit was just mellow you know it was just like earth tones and slow camera moves and shallow that depth drive of field that and, drive to yeah. ever, the everglades and with the grass on the side yeah, and then oh gosh yeah. that looks so good so, like it's just and, and and all the 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 fonts were like kind of set on burlap sack yes. and earth tones and just and the 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 score was like an acoustic kind of like you know Jimmy Buffett vibe it was done by you know uh, DJ Laspam you know and, and so it was like it was it just, perfect yeah it just had this yeah it just had a different a different yeah. bustle you know we just we work to serve the uh, the story that we're uh, that we're telling. But do you, do you sit down and you're like, okay, um, you're in charge of this, you're in charge. Of, I mean, I know you have a team. Are, is it a big team? Do you guys work with a big team? Or is it just you three? <laughs> Be honest, please. I need to know all this. Wait. This is stuff that's driving me crazy. We, 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 we expand and contract as necessary, but it's basically, uh, it's basically us three. No, you know, a lot of times no. Yeah. No way, yeah. Alfred. Stop, Mr. I'm Spellman. David Sipkin, our editor. Uh, Billy directs. I produce. We bring on crew. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of, you know, the movies aren't aren't made by, by just three people. But, uh, you know, essentially that's kind of the, the, the core creative team. We, you know, we say a lot of times that we don't do a lot of investigative journalism. We do synthesis journalism. We take things that you already know or stories that you may have followed along with when they were happening but don't see necessarily the big picture because you can't always see it at the time. So what we sure. like to do is kind of take all of these things that you know and wrap them into a thesis or a, or a new way of, of, of looking at it. When we started making Cocaine Cowboys, the original title for it was City Made of Snow. <laughs> and because, so, so we, we smartened up real quick and, and went with, the, uh, with Cocaine Cowboys. But the idea was that we had this thesis, which was that, Modern Miami was built on the back of the cocaine trade. A major U.S. city was built on the back of, of the drug trade. Ay, que pena. When go- you say it out loud, it sounds so ugly and gross, Alfred. Jeez. 
Well, it's again, it's not something that the Chamber of Commerce advertised. It's not something, you know, you learn in school about the history of Miami. You know, you learn about the Miami Circle and the, and the Seminole War and this and that, but you don't learn about about this. And yeah. so, you know, we said, is this, did, did, you know, Miami go from God's waiting room to America's Riviera over the course of 15 years on the back of the drug trade? So that was kind of the thesis that we set out to prove there. And so, you know, we stand on the shoulders of, of so many who, you know, we're covering these stories as they happen, you know, whether it's the Herald reporters or it's the local news, uh, uh, you know, or national news uh, uh, people who are down here covering, you know, obviously we use a lot of archival footage in our docs. So sure. we're, we're standing on the shoulders of the, of the storytellers who are telling it as it happened. And we're coming in now and trying to tell you kind of big picture stories. So, so Billy, you, you still stand by this. You said back in 2013, I saw some quote that you, I don't know if it's true or not, that you said that all the creative decisions stop with you. Is that entirely true? Well, what it is, is, is that, like you said, filmmaking is like assignment filmmaking. Um, you know, everybody has to have a role. When you have a, a company that the core is only really three people, everybody has to do everything. Right. And we all do everything. But on the daily, there's creative shit to do. And there's business shit to do. Right. And there's always editing, always editing in post-production. You know, the vast majority of the lifetime of a documentary is spent in editing. Because the moment you, you, you start shooting, in some way you're in post-production and starting that editing process in one way or another. Um, so to that end, Alfred handles the business day-to-day. -day. I handle the creative. And David Sipkin, our third partner, right. it handles post-production and editing. So yeah, that's true. Again, do I do business stuff? Of course. Do uh, Does Dave uh, 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 do creative? 100%. Does Alfred do creative? Absolutely. But uh, like, like I said, at some point, I can't be, you know, Alfred can't be calling me about every line of every contract or every release for, you know, like right. every, he, at some point, Alfred has to make a decision. And then on the creative, at some point, I have, I can't call off and like, listen, should we crossfade here or should we wipe or should we fade? <laughs> Alfred's going to be like, I don't fucking care, whatever you want to, you know, so, you know, so, yeah, so, so at some point we, we, we have to, the buck has to stop yeah. somewhere in each of these these areas you know yeah, guys, it's a band Every, everybody plays their own instrument but you know they all have to sound good together I'm, so i'm yeah. not gonna lie like i was i'm really really thankful to you both for for coming on the show and, and just hanging out with me for a few minutes i really appreciate it i i love all all the filmmaking you know all the films you guys put out and and i just love it i i it's like, I, I eat it off. I eat it off. I love it. It tastes like so Miami to me. Um, and I've spoken to a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, I'm sorry. What's on your desk to your left there? This? What, no, no, to your other left. This? Yeah, what? what is? No, no, there's like, it looks like there was food or so. I can't tell. No, oh. there's like a box or something. No, oh, no, these are sunglasses. Um, it's a, it's oh. a little something. It's a joke between me and my girlfriends. And I just left oh, them okay. out here for... Jokes. Oh, all right. I it's was just curious. I couldn't, I, have, I couldn't see. I have that. I, couldn't I, see there. I have a horseshoe that Kush uh, Hospitality oh, gave okay. me. I have a, okay. a Rolodex. I have cafecito and I have a knife. Um, really? <laughs> Naturally. I do. In case, in case Joe Carollo shows up. Oh, man. Oh, I love that. I love that you said that. Commissioner, Commissioner Comamierda. Oh, come on, Comandante Billy. Carollo. Come on, Billy. What are you going to bleep? You 
We're not in Power 96. Who gives a shit? You don't have to bleep it out. Listen, I'm fucking cursing all day. It's been 22 years and I've been able <laughs> hey, to, I haven't been able to say the word shit on a microphone. Yeah. I'm going to say it now. You know, uh, no I, dumb button. There's no dumb button. There's, there's no seven second delay. There's no Who dumb button on a podcast. There's no, there's no such thing as I have my knife. I'm prepared because I live in Hialeah. You never know who's going to walk in through the door. Um, I saw this whole thing in the- Yeah, got, could be the mayor. No. Got to protect yourself. Well, he is a cowboy. Um, Billy, I do have a question for you and Alfred as well. Mm. I saw this whole thing that just came out in the Herald about the best filmmakers to watch in Miami. And mm. I was wondering, why is it? And do I have to go all the way to watch a local film at O Cinema? Or, or 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 can I just go to Netflix and pick up my Xfinity remote and say, let me watch a Miami movie? Where where can we watch these movies? Who do we need to be supporting right now in that realm? Go to the Night Owl. The Night Owl. They're not really local movies, but no, 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 no. The Night um, Owl Drive-in movie theater in downtown Miami. But that's what no, I want. I, mean, really... I want you to tell me this. Where do I where do I take yeah, my kids that... to watch like local movies, like things created by the three hundred five? Oh, that's not, I mean, Naive doesn't really play local movies per se there, but like it, it's kind of a, a fun local kind of scene and a great a, a kind of cool shit we don't usually get in Miami, uh, especially because it's like an urban drive-in. It's like right in the middle of, of downtown rather than right. like a secluded, you know, kind of drive-in that's usually out by the swap shop or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, But no but, like uh, local, local filmmakers? Movies. Like local filmmakers that oh, yeah, I should I mean, be paying Filmgate. attention to? Well, Filmgate. Filmgate for sure in downtown Miami. Okay. Filmgate has really has really gone the extra mile for years now, trying to build a viable film community, trying to put together um, writers and shooters and editors and okay. actors and people who are looking to to work here. And then they do um, they do screenings and they do workshops in in their very cool offices uh, in downtown Miami. So Filmgate. Is is definitely trying to build and and has been very effective at uh, doing what you're talking about. And then having festivals and screenings that celebrate uh, almost exclusively uh, local filmmakers and, right. and short films made by and for uh, Miamians. All right. Well, th- you know, is- go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. Liz. I was just going to add on to that. You know, we started out when we were uh, our first doc premiered at Sundance in 2001. We were the youngest filmmakers ever invited to Sundance, the only ones ever from Miami at the time. And everyone oh, said, you guys good from New York. for you, Alfred. Well, everybody said, "Are you guys going to New York or LA?" And we said, "No, we're coming back to Miami to tell stories from our hometown." The right. way that Spike Lee tells New York stories, or Morty Scorsese right. tells, that's right. You know, New York stories. We want to come back and tell Miami stories because when we were growing up. It was just big Hollywood productions. It was Bad Boys and The Specialist and The Birdcage. You know, there were all these big Hollywood movies in Miami, Ace Ventura, but nobody was kind of telling the local, you know, the, the, the local version of the Hyacins and the Ed Buchanan's and the, and the Dave Bears, people who had kind of just made a career off of telling fantastic South Florida stories. And over the years, there have been other filmmakers. I mean, obviously we had Moonlight uh, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and there are other films here, but it's a, it's... You know, it, just like any other media business in the 21st century, uh, you know, we caught kind of the last wave of old media and were able to kind of get a, a toehold, you know, in that in that arena. It's it's even harder now to break through with all of the choices and all of the options for, for content and to make a name for yourself and to make a living doing this. So, um, you know, I think that that's part of why you probably have such a challenge finding, you know, good Miami stories to watch because they're hard to make and they're hard to so make. So hard to make, making, man. So. I just feel sometimes that there's. I'm sorry. Other... I'm sorry. I. Uh huh. No, I, I, I did want to add that 
when we started out, the Miami Film Festival was not a place that celebrated local uh, local film uh, and, and did insane? not really. Yeah, <sighs> and and it was you know, and but now with uh, Jay Laplante with Tom Powers on the documentary side, um, it is night and day. Right. It's been a total pendulum swing, a true transformation of putting Miami into the Miami Film Festival. Right. And there has been an absolute commitment, Who not not like lip service. <laughs> yeah, and not lip service and not a special category and not a special oh, night, but, but legitimate include, but a legitimate include inclusiveness um, and a celebration of the diversity of Miami voices and booking Miami movies in all categories, docs and in in and in uh, thick and you know scripted and narrative work and just and celebrating it in the best possible way, which is to say not treating it as its own genre, but saying that these are just legitimately exceptional filmmakers by talented uh, films by talented storytellers and and putting them in their proper in their proper context. And so the Miami Film Festival now is is I, a wonderful place again that's that's only once a year and then there's the gem screenings on occasion but they, there's a real commitment there to celebrating miami filmmakers that's great to hear because i do remember those days of going to like the miami film festival and be like why is there nothing created by anyone here that i remotely recognize yeah. like what is up with that Absolutely. and it you i grew up at a time where being a miami creative was like sort of shit on like like oh you're from my uh Oh wait, and you're from Hialeah? Ew. Um, and I, I never understood that. Let me, let me that. tell you something. Alfred and I, when we were, I mean, we went to Sundance, the Sundance Film Festival. Oh, Alfred said we were the youngest filmmakers you, in the Billy. history. <laughs> we were the youngest. I, I, I like that. That's like a cart. I like that. And you, just, you know, just, it's like it's like oh, good for you, Billy. And so I, I so when we did that, we were real filmmakers. We had a company. We had a movie right. that was on the the front page of the New York Post. But I got to tell you something. This is back in like the late 90s, early zeros in Miami. We kind of felt embarrassed having business cards that said like filmmaker, producer, director, because it felt like there were so many posers and so many fake sure. making hustlers sure. that we were like almost, even though we were really actually filmmakers yeah, and producers, we almost felt like, right, we felt like embarrassed. Mm. Like, like, oh yeah, like, of course you're a filmmaker and a director, like, like everybody else in town, you know, I know like. I know so, how that feels. I remember uh, trying to get like a production assistant job on a couple of films being made here in Miami. And I didn't want to put that I was from Hialeah. It was like, I didn't want to, I didn't want that on my resume because I thought if I say that I'm from Hialeah, the moment I open my mouth, they're going to pass judgment. They're not going to give me a shot. And that was all of my college life until I got to Power 96 and I was able to create this Lucy Lopez persona off of what I consider my muse, you know, the Hialeah girl. Um, she'll always be my muse. And yeah, kind of like the city of Miami is your muse, Billy. Uh, Hialeah girl to me is like I, like, I can write stories and stories and stories for her. And I don't feel it hasn't been until recently where that character is being embraced. So I totally understand what it feels like not to be able to, you know, really, hey, yeah, I'm actually, in, you know, I'm this, I'm that. For me, I was like, look, I, I got to lie about this. I got to lie about my last name. And if I can maybe talk a little white, I might get hired. So um, I, I totally get where you're coming from, Billy. Don't you know how to preach to me, Poppy? I mean, Billy. 
really, I really want to thank you for coming on the show, Alfred. Thank you so much. Uh, continue making these badass movies. Continue inspiring us. And Billy, just promise me one thing: that you do self care Sundays. Do you do self care Sundays? Like, 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 like a cat. I sit at home cleaning yes. myself. Yes, like, Billy. What does self care? What does self care Sunday mean? Billy, that you. Yeah, wake I, up. I don't. I don't go. Billy, that you wake get, up on Sunday, eyebrow- that you put away the phone, that you put a mask on, and that you watch, like, I don't, I don't know, Bachelor in Paradise or something. I, I don't know. And chill I out. I don't I don't get my eyebrows threaded three 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 times a week like Mayor Ponzi <laughs> Postalita, Francis um, Suarez in uh, in Miami. But, I mean, what what is self-care? I mean... I, I, These are questions that I, I, my I take, followers want to know about you, that if you have a self-care Sunday routine, okay, Billy, they want to make sure that when you put away the phone on Saturday night, that on Sunday you take care of you, Billy, because we're worried. We got a little concerned. Listen, some, somebody's got to take care of this town, all right? I, I think it's not our elected officials or our bureaucrats. So, so, so justice never takes a day off, Lucy. I agree with you. You're like a superhero. BC to the rescue. <laughs> Oh yeah, Alfred. It's really nice. Like a, more like a like, a like a like a like Same a like Lucy. a superhero. A superhero? I no, I can't say things like that. That's really bad. I'm gonna end up like on Twitter. Like people are gonna hate me and stuff. I can't afford that right now. Please, I got a mortgage to pay. Yeah, um, you're gonna be, you're gonna you're gonna be the you're gonna be the Rick Sanchez of the podcast world. <laughs> Please don't wish that on me. Okay. <laughs> I hate you. Just kidding. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being uh, episode two, Mamacita Rica. A warm thank you to Billy Corbin, Alfred Spellman, and uh, everybody else that helps them on the movies. Because I'm pretty sure there's like 20 women working on all their films. Am I right about that, Billy? We'll talk about that in Be- season behind, two. Yes, behind, behind every man. Is a great woman who checks you. She checks you. Tw- Tell me she checks you. Come on, Billy. Or 20 of them. <laughs>